We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. How are you today? You good? Good. Uh, we're continuing our series, The Good News. Whoa, I just tipped over my water. You know, there's different levels of good news, right? I was at the footy Tuesday night when a crow's won. That was good news. It's good news, Rochelle. But uh, yeah, I must be. I'm a good luck charm, Jeremy. I have to go to every game now. Um, but that'll get old news pretty soon when they most likely lose today, right? And there's there's different levels of good news, right? And and the good news is is what we get the word gospel from, and the the gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life and ministry of Jesus. It's the good news of Jesus. It's who he is. It's what he did. It's his reconciliation. It's God Himself coming. Uh, to the Jews, it was the anointed King, our anointed King, God's King. It's the good news. It's the best news. It's life-changing news, and we're going deeper because everything in our faith. And the reason why we're staying here for a while because all of our faith comes back to this. This is the foundation of everything. And so, if we have something in our Bible, in our faith, something we talk about, it's connected to this, whether we make the connections or not, because everything comes out of this. Everything comes out of the good news of who Jesus is and what he did. And uh, we're just going to start today by reading from Matthew 27, verse 45. And we're picking this. This is at the cross. And Jesus is on the cross. And it says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima, Sabachani. I don't know what accent that was, Sabachani. Let's ignore that. Which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But Jesus said, wait, sorry, but the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain tore in two. The curtain in the sanctuary tore in two from top to bottom. What does this mean? What's, what is the curtain? That's what we're going to unpack today. Uh, let's pray. God, I thank you that you're here. God, this is your church. God, this is your word. You're a Lord of our lives. And right now we just fix our attention on you. Thank you that we don't manufacture, we don't man-make anything here. It's your presence, it's your word. And I pray that you just speak to us, into our hearts, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to perceive your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Uh, throughout the Bible, you see constantly outworking of God's plan to restore humanity. From beginning to end, you see an outworking of God's love towards us. And it finishes in Jesus, God himself coming to us to reconcile, to restore us. But throughout the Bible, you also see a constant unveiling of who God is. Uh, we start at the beginning in the Garden of Eden, and it's how God intended our relationship to be. God and Adam and Eve, God and man, God and humanity in perfect relationship. Uh, there's no sin, there's no brokenness, there's no pain. 
There's perfect communion between God and humanity. What happens is then humanity sinned, which is missing the mark, which is sin, which is choosing our way over God's way. And then next time we see God, he's in like a burning bush with Moses. And then, and then he, he leads them through, and then God's a, a pillar of fire and a cloud. And then God comes and, and they're called a tabernacle, which is the tent. God kind of lives in a tent. And then God he lives in a temple. And then God comes as Jesus. And then Jesus, God himself said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. When, when people will say you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you could replace it just as well as filled with God because it's, it's not different, it's the same. And that was always God's plan to dwell and live within us and through us in the Holy Spirit. You know, if you've ever read the Bible and something's jumped out to you, that's the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt to pray for someone, that's the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt to do something or not do something, that's the Holy Spirit. It's God's presence on earth. Jesus said, it's better that I leave so the Holy Spirit can live in each and, and within each and every one of us at the same time. That's why God can come and meet us corporately, have a message for our church, but speak to us individually. You know, I might put on Sarah's heart about one thing about her family, but on uh, Natasha, something about her own life, but someone, something else, because the Holy Spirit's within each and every one of us, right? And that was always God's plan. And this curtain tearing in two was an incredible moment of, of restoration, of reconcilia- reconciliation, signifying a new way to come to God. And uh, let's unpack a bit of history here. This curtain was in the tabernacle, which was the tent, and the temple. Remember, we have the bush, the burning bush, we have the fire, we have the tent and the tabernacle, we have the temple, and this curtain was in the tabernacle and the temple. And what happened was that the Israelites were traveling through the wilderness, and so they needed a place to worship God and meet with God, so they needed a tent so they could move it. That's basically what it was. And then when they settled into their, their land that God promised, then they bought a temple. They built a temple. Solomon built a temple. So the tabernacle was a traveling tent where God's presence lived. And then the temple was a permanent structure that Solomon built. Really similar in design. I'm actually going to read a little bit about this design in Hebrews 9, verse 1. And it said that first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle and the temple. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, the curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place. It's also called the Holy of Holies in some other versions. In that room were a gold incense altar, a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered, which was a covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the Ark were cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover and the place of atonement. But we cannot explain these things in detail now, and neither will I. <laughs> I will say all of this points towards Jesus. But as, as what we think Paul wrote this, didn't explain it detail now, neither will I, and we're going to keep reading. When these things are all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room. 
as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest, this was the chief priest. There was many priests, but there was one high priest. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins that people had committed in ignorance. But these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open yet. That's an important line. As long as the tabernacle and the system it replaced was still in use. All right. There's a lot of teaching in there, but let's just break it down. There's two rooms in the temple and the tabernacle, the holy place. That's the place where the priests entered. Uh, that's where they bring sacrifices. Um, but then there was a huge curtain, and this worked really well with our drossen because we had, a, we had the floor of our drossen. There's a really big curtain behind us for a stage. It's a perfect illustration. Right, but you're going to have to imagine a curtain. And then there's the holy place where people can enter, people can bring sacrifices, people can meet with God. But then there was the, whole, the most holy place, and that was, if you could imagine a curtain along the stage, and up here was where God, that's where he dwelt. Like down here is all right, down here is still good, but it's not up here. This is the most holy place. This is the very presence of God. And the high priest could only go in there once a year. Only after offering sacrifices for himself and for everyone else. Imagine that. Imagine us having a church here we're in the holy place. And it's pretty good. It's all right. We can, we can meet with God to an extent. We can connect with God to an extent. But, but in this back room, back here, this is the most holy place. Whoa, this room's pretty good. Well, this is where God really is. Out there, it's all right out here, but this room... Whew. This is where this is where God Himself, that's where His presence lives. But there's a problem. Darren, our high priest, can only go in there once a year. That's what that's where we're looking at here. That's what it was like. So why the ceremonies? Why the high priest? Why the most holy place? You know, this isn't going to be a lecture on Jewish worship. Just a heads up. But when we understand some, just a little bit of this context, it just brings even more power. It makes the good news even gooder for all the grammar people out there. Even better when we understand the power of some of this stuff. Remember, God's plan was always to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. And God's plan was always to come in Jesus and himself to, to restore us to him. And this tabernacle, this temple, it was a temporary place of worship. It was a temporary place to meet with God. You know, the temple, the tabernacle, it was a place for the Israelites to bring sacrifices to deal with sin. You know, sin is missing the mark. It's an archery term. If, if the bullseye is that TV on the back wall and I miss, I sinned. And God's got a way for us to live, but often we miss the mark. And there were sacrifices again and again to deal with sin in the Israelites' lives. But Jesus came and once and for all paid one sacrifice for all time to deal with sin and death for all time. 
So now there's no need for sacrifices again and again because Jesus came and dealt with sin once and for all. You know, the, the temple and the tabernacle, the most holy place, was a place for God to dwell. Now, I don't think God's wandering the earth thinking, where will I lay my head tonight? Or where will I stop in? What town will I stop in? God's not looking. I don't think the dwelling place was for God. Where will God live? We better build God a temple or a tent because where else is he going to stay? Like God's not limited like we are. He hasn't got the needs we need. He, he's above all. He's above time. He's above our limitations. I think it was the dwelling place that the, the nation of Israel could meet with God. And again, we still have this to an extent. We come to church to, to meet with each other and meet with God. But it's so much more than that because when we leave, the Holy Spirit's within us so we can meet with God in any moment and any time. We don't have to do these sacrifices, come to the right location on the right day when the priest is there because God's in us and within us and now we can meet with God at any occasion, any time. And so why couldn't the Israelites go, I'm calling that the most holy place. Why couldn't they go straight in there? Why, why could just the high priest Darren go in there? holy place, most holy place. Well, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, how we were designed to exist, a world without sin, a world following God's way, perfect communion. As Adam and Eve sinned, they were sent from the Garden. And God went with them. I love that. I've preached about it uh, probably a month ago now, that we, we keep turning away humanity, but God keeps coming with us. <laughs> God went with them when they left the garden. He gave them clothes. He protected them. But it wasn't the same. It wasn't full life. It wasn't full access to his presence and power. Because of sin, it was a form of communion with God. It was a form of worshipping God. It was a form of coming to God. But this temple, this tabernacle, was never what God intended. And so God himself came as Jesus. And Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. And he loved and he never sinned. He never missed the mark. And then he laid down his life. And God himself took sin and death and once and for all dealt with it. And when he dealt with it, the curtain tore in two. And what does it mean? It means we are reconciled, we are restored to a full life with God. How we were intended to be. We are restored to full relationship. There's no more curtains, no more high priests, no more sacrifices because of who Jesus is, because he dealt with sin and death once and for all. Now we can go right into the presence of God. That's what it means. You know, the Bible calls Jesus our ultimate high priest, the great high priest. Remember, the high priest was the only one who could go into the most holy place. Jesus was the only one who could go in and, and open the way for us. In Hebrews 4.14 4, it says, So then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us. Let us come boldly. Because of Jesus, because of who he is, because of what he's done, because of the freedom, the victory he has, we can go right into the most holy place. We can go right into the presence of God. You know, when the curtain tore, it's God inviting us in. 
It's God, isn't it? God's not saying, hey, sneak in and come and... God's saying, hey, come right into my presence. Come right into where I am. Come right into my love. Come right into my rest. The curtain's torn. There's no separation. Dealt with sin and death once and for all. Come right on in. That's what the curtain is. So what does this, this mean for us today? Where we don't have temples and tabernacles and... <laughs> Well, it means through Jesus, we are restored and reconciled fully to God. Fully. Sometimes our minds play tricks on us and we think, depending on how well we've behaved, how good of a Christian we are, is how well we relate to God. But it's not the case. Because Jesus dealt with sin and death once and for all and we are restored fully. We are reconciled fully to God. Paul often used the word adopted. Now, when you adopted someone in that day and age, you could never get rid of them. You couldn't unadopt them. You couldn't take them out of the wheel. You couldn't give them a different share of your inheritance. If you adopted someone, they were, they were in. They were in. And we are fully adopted into God's family. We are fully sons and daughters. It means there was a uniting of all people. You know, the temple was for the Jews. When the curtain tore, it was for all race, all gender, all backgrounds. That now we are united for our all humanity because we can go straight into the presence of God. There's no more hierarchy. Me and you, all of us, literally everyone around the world, we can come to God and meet with God. That's incredible. It means we have access to God. At any location, any day, any moment. Access to his presence. He's right here with us. That's pretty good. So what should we do? That's good news. That at any moment, any day, because of who Jesus is, we can go right into the presence of God. That God's literal presence is with us and for us in any moment, any day. We can go right on him because of who Jesus is. But what should we do with that? Hebrews 10. 10, 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to pick a few things out of there. What should we do? Now we can go right into the presence of God. We can, we can go right into where God is. Any moment, any day, me and you can meet with God. We need to hold tightly to this hope. Hold tightly. You know, hold tightly, it's purposeful. You don't accidentally hold something tightly. I think of when I've got my daughter in a big crowd. I'm not just having a water and, and scroll on my phone with each hand and just 
oh, she'll be right. No, you've you got a hold of them. You've got a hold of the kid. You've got a hold of them because you, you just don't know what's out there. I think of like the Royal Adelaide Show or a busy mall or something. You, you, you get a hold of your kid. You hold tightly to them. And our life is full of so much stuff, so many distractions. And some of those distractions aren't even bad. But we get to hold tightly to the good news. So when we don't hold tightly to the good news, that's when it becomes just normal news. That's when it becomes everyday news. We get to hold tightly to it. We get to cling to Jesus. We get to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because life is messy and stuff happens. We're going to get disappointed. We're going to get hurt. Stuff's going to go wrong. It's going to get busy. And we need to hold tightly to this good news that we are saved, we are redeemed, we are given life, we are given full access to the presence of God. At any moment, any day, you and me can meet with God. We can receive rest, we can receive healing, we can receive guidance. We've got to hold tightly to that. There's so much for us in this faith. God wants to mold us, transform us. He wants to do things in you and through you. We've got to hold tightly. And sometimes to hold tightly, you've got to let go. I've got two things in my hand right now. If I wanted another one. Sometimes we've got to let go of some stuff. Sometimes we've got to make room for God. If you haven't got time to meet with God in your day, we're going to make time. <laughs> if you want to hold tightly to this good news, if you want to meet with God, we've got to prioritise that. If stuff's hurting your faith, if there's stuff damaging your life and maybe hurting people in your life, you've got to get rid of that. There's good news for you, there's gospel for it. We've got to put that into action. We've got to hold tightly. Hold tightly to the good news. It says motivate one another and meet together. This new life, this new way of coming to God, it, it's done in community. Throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament, there's instruction after instruction about meeting together. Because it's meeting together where we receive God's love. It's meeting together we can love others. It's meeting together where we're molded. We actually can't fully experience Jesus outside of community. It's, it's biblical. We've got to prioritize that. We've got to take steps to get into community. And my last point, you've got to go right in. You know, when I go to my parents' house, I don't knock. You have to knock. I don't have to knock. Because I'm their son. I'll just go in. Uh, if I see a snack on the table, I'll probably eat it. Right? If... If it's a certain night and the TV isn't on, the footy's on, probably turn the footy on. I'll go and take liberties there because it's my home. Now, if I go to, if I go to Peter's house, I'm not just going to go right in. I'm probably going to call before or text. Now, if I communicate with Peter, I'm probably going to knock. Now, if he invites me in, I'm not going to go eat his food. 
I'm not going to just turn on what I want. Now, get along great with Peter, but there's different levels of relationship, isn't there? It's not because Peter's mean. It says, let us go right into the presence of God. Come and meet with God. God himself reconciled us to him. God himself, Jesus, came to earth to bring us back to him, to restore relationship to how it was intended to be, as in the Garden of Eden. And he's opened up a new and life-giving way to meet with God in any moment, any day. Me and you can talk with God. We can hear from God. Some days it's going to be refreshing. Some day it might be a bit challenging. But God just wants to bring life into every area of our life. We just got to go right in. See, when we get used to the good news, we stop going right on in. That's what happens. When we get used to this life-giving way, when we get used to Jesus, we kind of either come to church or do our daily lives and it becomes like a part of our life. We kind of go through the emotions a bit. But when we can hold tightly to this good news, when we can encourage other, when we can make a decision, I'm going to meet with God today. I've got an expectant heart that I'm going to hear from God today. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to be filled afresh. We can go right into the presence of God. You know, faith isn't about ticking a box and going to heaven. Heaven's real. Eternity's real. But Jesus himself prayed to have heaven on earth. The Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sarah, can you put that out of the keys? Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I haven't been to heaven, but I imagine it'll be like God. I imagine peace on earth as in heaven. I imagine love on earth as in heaven. I imagine joy. I imagine hope, rest, healing, strength. Heaven on earth. And me and you can go right in at any moment. We can just meet with God. That's good news. That when I gather in a community of faith, I can worship God and go right into the presence of God. But I don't have to tiptoe in. If I've had a bad week, I don't have to like uh, apologize and, God, can we get over this awkwardness? No, no, I can just go right on into the presence of God. But I'm having a rough day in a week. I don't have to wait till Sunday. I can talk to God there and then and receive from heaven. When I'm struggling with sin, after I just sinned, I can go right on in. Before I sinned, I can go right on in. During sin, I can go right on in. During the chaos, during the lack, during the highs, we can go right on into the presence of God. And there's a number of ways to meet with God. There's, there's prayer, there's the word, but one way is worship. Worship's nothing to do with personality. It's nothing to do whether you could sing or not. It's about who is Lord. Because you worship something. And when we worship, it's so powerful because when we, when we sing, when we meditate, when we listen, when we fix our eyes on God, our eyes go off everything else. And that's how we go right into the presence of God. Let me tell you, I don't know what your week was like. Some of you probably had incredible weeks. Some of you are probably struggling. That's just the reality of life. But right here today, right now, worry about the week later, right now you can go right on into the presence of God. You can go right on in.
You can meet with God. You can be filled afresh. And I said before, Jesus left so the Holy Spirit could come. And this is why it's amazing, because we can all worship together. And Keely needs peace, because she's going to get married to Nathan. <laughs> Love you. So God gives her peace. Leslie needs guidance from a decision, so God gives guidance. Carrie's just a bit tired, so she just gets refreshed. God knows us, he's in us, and the Holy Spirit meets us each where we are. Some of us need to make adjustments and God shows us them. Let me tell you, the refreshment's a little bit nicer than the adjustments in the morning, but the adjustments bring more life. <laughs> but each of us right now can go right on into the presence of God. I wonder if we could have the, the team back up. And we're going to sing that song, The Blessing. Because his favour, his presence, that's the most holy place. That's God himself. It's for us, it's upon us, it's with us. God's face is shining down. His love is with us. And I wonder, before we go out to our week, before we go and do what we've got to do, maybe we can just go right into the presence of God. Maybe you haven't entered into that presence of God for a while. Maybe things can kickstart something today. Maybe, maybe... Whoa. That was the curtain tearing. <laughs> maybe it's been a bit dry. And hey, it's got to go beyond here. But maybe it's something you'll kickstart today. Maybe it's going well. Hey, more of God's never a bad thing. But let's go right on in. Let's just spend a moment just looking to God, meeting with God. Is that all right? If you're able, why don't we stand? I'm just going to pray for us before we worship. God, I thank you for every single person here. That you are with us, God. God, we put aside everything else right now and we look to you. That you are here, God. You are with us, Lord. Heaven is here. And God, our heart is just to meet with you right now. We just want to go right into your presence. I don't know what you've got for us, and it's not even about what you give us. It's not about whatever blessing we receive. We just want to meet with you, Jesus. We're not here with an agenda. We're not here with a to-do list. We're not here with all our needs. We're here, God, just to meet with you right now. So we put everything else aside. And God, we just pray just to come and meet with us. We look to you. We worship you. God, if it's been a while, thank you that we don't have to climb our way back. We can just come right on in to your presence. God, anything that holds us back, any guilt, any shame, any sin, I just pray, leave in the name of Jesus. Any barrier to leave in the name of Jesus. Any awkwardness to leave in the name of Jesus. I just pray for freedom and peace over minds, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Heaven come and fall on us. Thank you, God.